0: Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to everyone within my combat radio signal, hundred thousand watts scorching. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. And uh, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Joe in Hendersonville. How goes it today, sir? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm, you know, just just trying to cope. Ready, ready to uh, I'm, for the next two days, Joe. I'm just going to be a house slug.
1: Yeah, that's me too. I got, yeah. I got I'm off even until Tuesday. So yeah, I had a, I watched something yesterday on YouTube. I'm kind of one of the guys that watches a lot of this particular YouTube.
0: Okay.
1: you know, content maker. His name's Brandon Herrera. He's running for Congress in Texas.
0: Right, he's a gun guy. A, a,
1: yeah, against yeah. against the Rhino. I watched his interview that he did with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy the other night. Right. About gun control and that sort of thing. And I was just wanting to see what you thought about Mr. Herrera because I think an anti, you know, rhino, Second Amendment loving congressman would be another good thing for the big picture. I mean, I know it doesn't have, you know, the price of tea in China with us here in, you know, the Carolinas, but overall, the big picture for the nation, I think it's a win.
0: See, here's the thing. This is the thing. And, uh, Gun, the whole gun control debate, that's just an avatar for anything, right? Right. Guns are an avatar for free speech. Free speech is an avatar for, uh, you know, small business and small government. Um, and if you have a politician that will look at you and say, I don't care if you carry a gun. In fact, I think you should carry a gun. Then you're probably looking at a politician that all th- is going to say, I don't think we should be spending as much money. I'm pro-life. I'm pro family. I'm, you know, all, yeah. And I'm, I'm small government right. and th- that's normally a good litmus test to figure it out. A lot of, uh, a lot of guys like, uh, interestingly enough, when you look at senators out there, most of them, they go into, uh, they go into, uh, into, into the, into DC and they're relying on their arm detail. Do you know who doesn't completely rely on his arm detail? Who's that? Chucky Schumer.
1: Really? I figured he'd have them lined up.
0: Well, he does have them lined up, but he also carries a gun.
1: Really? And to be yeah. an anti-gunner?
0: Yeah, Well, of course. That, see, anti-gunners understand the utility of guns. They're not against guns. They're just you against you having a gun. They're not exactly. against guns. They, they, they understand the utility of guns. So, Brandon Herrera, Herrera I don't know how serious he's going to be because being a politician... Um, politicians are typically only as good as their staffs. And if you have well, a. Hopefully,
1: if, they won't railroad him like they did our Madison Cawthorn here, you know? So.
0: Well, probably not, but at the same time, uh, wasn't Mr. Cawthorn sort of young?
1: He was very young. He was, yeah. but he, he tried to expose them out on their um, nice little sniffing parties, you know? Sure,
0: sure. And, you know, if you're going to do that, then you've got to be able to, to, uh, to weather the storm.
1: Yeah, and wear that target for a while, that's for yep.
0: sure. Yeah. And, you know, and and see, the difference between, say, uh, Matthew Cawthorn, who's trying to be upstanding, and somebody like Trump, who is, is that Trump will look at everything and say, I am going to weather the storm. Not I intend to weather the storm, not I hope to weather the storm, but I am going to weather the storm. And then well, he'll he's wave the red flag in nails. front of him. huh?
1: <laughs> because Trump's from New York and he's tough as nails. Well, I mean,
0: putting up buildings in New York is not a easy thing to do. And he 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 did it and flew right through it, came in under budget, came in above, you know, prior to the scheduled time. He did it a lot. And I mean, he that's that's a that's a type of savvy that and and he does things he's used to. He's used to accomplishing things and. That's See, politicians, they don't have to accomplish nothing. They can just do a couple of, uh, you know, run a couple of hearings and get on a couple of talking head shows and, you know, be interviewed on TV. And they all look like they're doing something. They're not doing nothing.
1: Yeah, and then do their mouth work to get, you know, sit back in office again. That's about yeah. it. One yeah. thing
0: I will say about anybody ascending to the House of Representatives, though, being one of 435, don't over-expect them to do too much. If they're out there trying to write legislation, if they're out there trying to move the chains, that's great but uh they they've got to be able to also create a coalition to go along with them exactly yeah
1: well merry christmas and peace on earth the men of goodwill
0: what's it looking like in hendersonville right now uh,
1: well i've seen that sun dog, so that tells you that it's going to rain here in about 72 hours okay um kind of cloudy a little bit hazy uh it's about 49 degrees up here. I'm
0: waiting so. for it to snow, and I'm coming to Hendersonville. I've never seen <laughs> Hendersonville. In the, well, no, I, that's not true, because when I was a troubleshooter for Merida, they would always send me to the Asheville area, and I would always end up with the Hendersonville route. So I got to see that in the snow, and it's beautiful. I want to I go there when I don't have to go somewhere next immediately as fast as I can. I want to go there and just spend a little time in Hendersonville. So,
1: Exactly, exactly. You have to go look off the of World's Edge up there on uh, Sugarloaf.
0: Well. See, give me something to do. Thanks for the call, Joe. Merry Christmas to you. Um, all of these guys that want to get into politics—that's all well and good. And uh, but it—it's if you're going to get into politics, there's a few guys out there, like uh, you know JD Vance and uh, Brian Donalds, Byron Donalds. These guys—they are built to weather what's coming. They are the what should be considered the prototypical Republicans now and um, Josh Hawley's one Tom cotton is one you know those guys to to an extent Senator Kennedy Bill Kennedy from uh, Louisiana he's one and they're they're able to weather whatever they whatever they kick up but if you're going to get in there and kick something up you got to be able to take what comes with it and you got to expect it because it's not just you know getting out there and you're, you're you're being in I can only imagine what it would be like to be in DC and be in a position like as a member of the House of Representatives that's got to be such an intoxicating feeling cuz you got a job with a $180,000 salary which is not a lot of money when you got to maintain two households. But at the same time, you also get all this budget to have staff and this, that, the other, and you got people that work for you and they're running around for you, handing you things and all this stuff and uh, try, trying to uh, make your job better. So, and you're at the mercy of your staff because you can't possibly know everything that's going to be coming across your bow. You've got to have a research guy. Now, I met... William Tim William Timmons the other day yeah Clay Higgins is in that group absolutely um now I know some of you are a little less than impressed with Congressman Timmons however Congressman Timmons has this one guy he calls the colonel who advises him on military affairs and this guy is sharp this guy is sharp and uh You know, he had some other staffers with him, but this guy came to the, when they came to the ROOP, when I was at Upstate Warrior Solutions, I got to meet the colonel and we put him on to some stuff and the colonel turned on a dime and got with Congressman Timmons and they started discussing it and uh, they're going to be looking into it. And the thing that, the thing that we turned over to him that he didn't know as much about as he wanted to was on some of these military posts, they're closing chow halls during the day. And when you're a single soldier living on post, living in the barracks, chow halls are open 24 hours a day, right? They have, they have designated chow times, and that's in stone, but they're never closed. <laughs> like I said, I know that you guys, some of you guys are less than impressed with him. And I'm going to, I'm going to see how deep Mr. Timmons is on some of his topics, just to find out, because I don't know. I don't know. I, I I never take what I hear somebody else say about somebody else. If I go and I look into it myself and I find that to be the case, I'll be like, "Wow, everybody's right about him." And if I find out that everybody's just going off of a off of a uh, facade of uh, what they think he is, uh, then you know, I'm not afraid to point out certain things. But I'll be looking into it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look into that. Some of you are sending me texts. I'd love to know the details beyond what you're saying. You know, but anyway. Anyway, we'll get to this uh, container thing in just a minute. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You know, world events... It's amazing to find out how they affect you. But but they do. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred-nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Um the Houthis. Right now the Houthis are sort of uh they're gonna be deciding how much your stuff costs now. And um we're going to have to get out there and uh We're going to have to deal with the Houthis. Right now, five out of the four, or excuse me, four out of the five largest uh, uh, shipping container companies are turning away their vessels from the Red Sea due to the attacks from the Houthis. And this accounts for more than half of the world's capacity measured by the TEU containers. So, They've decided the Red Sea isn't safe for commercial shipping, which basically cuts off Israel. And this will stress the global economy. All of the, uh, all of the companies that have decided to steer away from them are all European, right? And, uh, This might as well be COVID shipping 2.0 at this rate. Right now, it now costs $10,000 a container to ship during the Red Sea crisis, which I don't know how much it cost before that. So, uh, let's see. Last week, rates for $1,900 for a 20-foot container $2,400 $2,400 for a 40-foot container. Now they're $10,000 per 40-foot container. Truck rates in the Middle East now being quoted as more than doubling. Alan Baer told, uh, he's the CEO of OLUSA, he says while pricing is undergoing rapid adjustments as the ocean carriers work to recover the added cost of diverting their vessels, these massive jumps in rates need to be clarified as the shipping community of importers and exporters, along with government regulators, try to understand the overall drivers of these large increases. And they point out during COVID, we had a slower buildup in freight prices due to the impact the pandemic had on the global supply chain. What we're experiencing here is a light switch event where vessels are being redirected in real time. But that said, in certain trade lanes, you're seeing freight rates going up between 100 to 300 percent. That does not appear to be totally driven by changes in supply and demand. And it sure doesn't help that the international shipping community has zero clue what's going on as far as the supposed protection of the United States and others they're offering. See, if we had a decisive leader with a decisive policy in place and he got out there and he announced it, they would know. That just knowing that would have an effect. Right now, Supposedly, there's supposed to be an international Navy coalition being assembled by the U.S. to combat attacks in the Red Sea. Now, besides that, that's all they know. That few practical details are known about the initiative launched on Tuesday by Washington or whether it will directly engage in the event of further armed attacks at sea and uh if it, all it in, uh, if all it includes is going to be knocking missiles out of the sky. if that's all, then it will give the assurances that are needed for uh shipping companies. And the shipping companies don't know. Another source said the market needs to see it have some success or concrete action. Now, what this means is that 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 cost that shipping cost when that good finally gets here is going to be passed on to you. We also know that the US coalition they're trying to put together. France has already left this. They've decided to go protect other ships and uh and DOD has apparently almost basically abandoned American ships right now within the Houthi missile range. So, you know, but the Houthis have blockaded Israel and we're letting it happen. Coming from the spectacular app formerly known as Twitter, Chief of Israel's Eliot Port says business at the docks is down 85% since Yemen's Houthis began attacking Red Sea maritime traffic. And they've also effectively jacked another lovely inflationary pressure on the world economy. I love it when that happens. I just love it when that happens. So what are we going to do? Well, what we need to do, what we need to do is we need to do some airstrikes from wherever the Houthis are, which is Yemen. Yemen. We need to do some airstrikes and they, uh, you know, we need to take them out. Some of these firms are ratcheting up the cost an obscene amount. One went from $4,848 to $60,000. Another from 2240 to $40,000. Run from $294 uh, from Southeast, uh, and and it all has to do with the route. So like uh, to cross the Mediterranean, went from $4,848 to $59,238. For Southeast Asia to East Coast Australia, that went from $294 to $40,000. From uh, Caribbean to U.S. Gulf, $257 went to $25,258. So everybody, everybody's ratcheting it up. Now, if you're an Ikea fan, for example, Ikea's already putting out that this is going to affect them. This is going to affect them a lot. That's the other part. Besides it costing more, they might not have it. They're, they're talking about possible delays due to... Uh, the Red Sea reroute. So all of this falls to the Biden administration and the DOD. So what they have to do is they're going to have to escalate. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we don't have the leadership for this. Not hoopties, hoothies. hoopties. Don't be saying talking about hoopty cars. My my best friend used to drive a hoopty car. You know, Darren. You, talk, I'm talking about you. Don't be talking about no hoopties. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it, it. All lies now with the United States and what they're going to do, and uh, we need to have a real good heart to heart with France when we get a new president. This this president that. Our, our, uh, and being allied with France, listen, I'm not going to say, it. no, I'm going to say it. Uh, you know, I, I look at France the same way George Patton did. I mean, look at them now. I mean, look at the country. France does have some solid military units, but they're all spec ops guys. And the regular run of the mill military seems to be oh, lacking. But the leadership of of France is cozying up to China, and now they've decided to go off and do their own thing and all this other stuff, and good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I'm sure the French Navy is very formidable. I've got a very bad, sad anniversary coming up first week in January, and we're going to be joined now by Dr. Sarah Mandel when we get back. And I'm going to describe it to her and see what she has, what advice she can give me as uh, to cope. This is News Talk 98.9 W.O.R.D. The first week of January is always a sad remembrance for me, and joining me to this morning to uh, discuss that and maybe give me a couple of insights is Dr. Sarah Mandel. Good morning, and Merry Christmas. Good morning. But it,
2: thank you, but it is Deborah, not Sarah, but that's okay. I, I like the name Sarah.
0: Okay, well, obviously part of my problem is it also induces stupidity and amnesia.
2: No, no, don't worry. It's okay. Okay. At least you didn't call me Deborah Mandrell, because I've had that most of my life.
0: Well, I actually know one of the Mandrell daughters. So you do? I well, I know I think I know uh, Eileen's daughter. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we're all in good company. And yes, let's talk about your sad experience. I know you mentioned it the last time I was on the show and uh yeah, happy to help you with that. Can okay, I, so so check this that. out.
0: So uh, I was a fill in here for eight years. And in 2018, I was filling in for the Terra show, which precedes my show. And it was the week after Christmas. Okay. So the week after Christmas, this guy, Tyson Bowers, who was my first producer, the whole week that I was filling in for, he was so happy that I had landed this gig at WORD because he had, he had struggled hard to help me when I started in radio in Columbia. At one point, he put billboards up all over the city on his dime, and I mean, that was a lot of dimes. and he, he kept he, if it had not been for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. If it had, I would be probably a bleached out skeleton between where I live in Columbia, South Carolina, in mm-hmm. a car somewhere on the side of the road. So he, he, he had a large, large hand in getting me to where I am today. So here we are. it's 2017, and the whole week that I'm filling in for Terry, he calls in every day. And he's just happy as, it, or it seems like he is happy as can be. Now, earlier in the year, in June, he had he had, he had hit, uh, his car had hit a tree doing about 60. Now, I thought okay. that was a traffic accident. Apparently, that was not. Because the week uh. after, the, the first week of uh, January, on January 7th, I believe it is, he went out, he graduated from a uh, Toyota Camry to a handgun. And he went out on a dock on the outskirts of Columbia, South Carolina in the water and he shot himself. Mm -hmm. And then after that, as I was trying to deal with this, I had this dream and in the dream he was in it, and he he used to do this really absurd thing where he'd just come and pick me up, drive me around. And then we would go somewhere and stop for five minutes and then take off again. And in the dream he's there. And, but in the dream, I'm aware he's dead. And I asked him if he's okay. And he smiled at me and looked at me and he said i'm much better than you think i would be bubba because he always called me bubba and then he sent me on one Mm -hmm. of his he he said go in here and do this for me and i went in there and did that when i turned around he was gone Mm -hmm. and i saw these Mm -hmm. mountains i saw these mountains with with houses way up on the mountain and but there was a sidewalk going right between the two mountains and that was the only way i could go and um I, I took that to, uh, you know, as I tried to interpret that, I was just, uh, you know, I, I took that to mean that he had gotten to a point. He was, you know, he was one of those typical guys. He was, he came from old money, and he, uh, he ended up not being as successful as I think he wanted to be.
2: Well, first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. So what year is this anniversary of his?
0: This will be. This happened in uh, the first week of 2018.
2: Okay, so we're we're basically going on six years.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Now, what would you like my help with? You want help interpreting? Do you want help uh, relieving your pain about it? Do You want your audience to hear more about? what they might be feeling in a suicide situation um well really you know
0: right. see the thing is the, the thing about suicide i you know one thing i know about suicide because uh, i have talked to another psychologist about this and suicidal thoughts when they come to the conclusion that they're going to commit suicide that's the first peaceful thought they've had because now they finally have a resolution to what they perceive to be their problem is that right
2: yeah, most people, when they have suicidal thoughts, they're not necessarily wanting to kill themselves. They're wanting relief from the pain. Right. And suicide, I always say, is an interesting question and a terrible answer. Oftentimes, people express a desire for suicide when they're really asking for... A, they're giving you a cry for help, and what they're saying is that they really do want to feel better, but they don't know how, and they're in a place of hopelessness and despair. It sounds like this producer... Uh, Tyson, who is indelible in your mind and was so significant in your starting place and how important he was to you, he was more of that guy who wasn't really talking about it. And I think the statistics are three times as many men per woman actually commit suicide, where three times as many women will speak about it. Uh, when women tend to speak more about it. Men tend to do it more often And oftentimes that's because of feeling unsuccessful or um, a self injurious wound. In other words, the ego blow, like losing a really important job or just not uh, leading up to other people's expectations. And they may have what's called a smiling depression. And a smiling depression is where somebody really appears all of a sudden almost sometimes to look like they're really content and happy because, just like you said, they have relief now. They've already made the plan, they already know when it's happening and not really going to tell anybody about it because why they don't want anybody to stop them they actually have committed to that final step and it's tragic because they have no idea sometimes how much they are loved and how much they will be missed and how much their mark is left on the minds and hearts of others and so it's really it's such a tragic experience
0: well you know i the the piece i take is that Whatever, I mean, there was a lot of things that were revealed after, right? Yeah. And uh, I got a better picture of what and who he was. And uh, I, I got a, a better picture of the history of what which had led him to where he was. And I understood why he did what he did because he didn't think there was any other way to go. Yeah, I just, exactly, it, 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 again. yeah, but to this day, yeah. it haunts me. To this day, it haunts yeah. me.
2: Is that a sense of guilt that you feel like somehow you should have known or should have stopped it?
0: Well, no, not necessarily that. I mean, he had stopped being my producer early on and everything, but we kept up over the years all the time. I would still go down there and see him and everything after I moved everything up here. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I when when I got the thing with WORD, he, he was a talk radio junkie. He thought that this was the biggest thing in the state, which it is. And uh, he uh, he was very pleased with it. And, I mean, it was due to him. And, uh, I, I think he was quite proud of that. But, uh, besides that, I don't know how many moments of pride that he got to experience. And, uh, I, I think the car wreck was a first attempt at suicide. And he even made mm-hmm. jokes about that. He called me while he was in the hospital saying, Hey, you want to buy my white, my white Camry? I'll sell it to you cheap. And he sent me a picture of it. And I mean, he was mangled. He was mangled. Wow. Bad, but he recovered from yeah. it. He recovered from it. And then he carried out his plan and, I hope i I hope he found peace with it. If he was that tormented, I hope what he achieved was peace, and that's the only thing I can think of to think.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And and the survivors of somebody who has committed suicide often will go through a period of intense guilt or feeling as if they had not done enough, that they should have known, even with people who haven't even alerted them that they might be feeling that way. It's such a complicated yeah. Experience And it's just so it's so difficult. I, I worked with several people. Um, that we, One comes to mind, actually, whose father committed suicide right around the holidays. And um, she was devastated for years upon years. And every time the holidays would come around, instead of feeling some joy or some sense of peace and wanting to be with family, she would want to exclude herself and isolate, almost as if she had survivor guilt, like he's not here anymore. How can I enjoy myself? And that's something that people often experience. I know a few things for people listening. If you know of anybody who is stating that they feel hopeless or helpless, even if they're not using the words suicidal or suicidal ideation, it's important to explore a little bit further if this is somebody who you're close with. And at the same time, there are resources out there like suicide prevention hotlines. And, you know, mostly you want to inspire somebody that there is hope. There is another way. There is a way through this. Now, that's not always going to be Doc, that somebody can. Under- I, yeah.
0: I, I hate to interrupt you in the middle of this, it's but we have run, we've run out of time. But you, Dr. Se- Doctor Deborah, is going to be our advice person from here on out. So thank you for that.
2: Awesome. Don't forget um, to mention my book, Jackie and Rude, Her New Attitude for Mothers and Daughters.
0: Available on Amazon.
2: Yes. Thank Merry you. Christ-
0: Merry Christmas. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Let's maneuver away from the very somber subject. And let me tell you something that real good that happened that you don't know about in Greenville, South Carolina last night, last night at the, uh, I think it is the Greenville Convention Center, or whatever it is, right off next to you know the uh, where, uh, gosh, where all the gun shows and everything I had held right near the airport. Post three of the American Legion read, uh, led by uh, Commander Rich Cochran, Big Rich, they they boxed up 660 food boxes at Goodfellas. This is called Goodfellas. It's happening right now. It's winding up right now as we speak. Now, sheriff's deputies were there. We, did you know you have sheriff's deputies cadets, kids that, from 14 to age 20 that lear, learn the trade like Boy Scouts, except they're with the sheriff's deputies, and they learn from sheriff's deputies. Did you know that happens here? And 660 families have been in a car motorcade while we've been talking, and they've been getting a box of food and a bag of potatoes and a bag of apples and uh lettuce and all this other stuff and i mean it this is quite a quite a haul and they don't even have to get out of the car because the sheriff's deputies and the kids and the volunteers and all these people they're 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 helping these people out by getting this stuff in their car for them and the sheriffs had uh, deputy dally deputy dally apparently is a cause of controversy because deputy dally is a goodwill ambassador for the Sheriff's Department, but Deputy Dally is a dog. Not a Belgian Malinois, not one designed to chase down a criminal or anything, just one to give comfort. A well-trained dog to give good, give great comfort. Now, I mean, Deputy Dally was a very friendly animal and just wanted to be loved by everybody and wanted to love him back. And all of this happened last night in a room where they had a multiple conveyor belts set up where they were shoving boxes, empty boxes down and they, they stuffed the boxes until they ran out of stuff and they got 660 boxes. So that's 660 families in Greenville, South Carolina that are getting provided for out of the goodness of the hearts of the people of Greenville out of, you know, post three American Legion did this. All these people that are, you know, these aren't veterans are giving this stuff to these are people in need. And in today's economy, going and buying buying this much stuff would, you know, it's a couple of hundred bucks. So Greenville, and I would have to say, America in general, does a very good job of trying to take care of their own. They they do the effort. These are people. I mean, Big Rich. Big Rich is both an animal control officer and the uh, he's also uh, you know the commander of Post Three. So Big Rich during during thanksgiving he was frying turkeys for people and all this other stuff and just just spreading himself thin and these people were volunteering a lot of my uh compatriots from post three because i'm a member of post three big richard come to the roof and brought me my hat because i didn't have the hat yet and he brought me a ball cap because he knew i preferred ball caps to the uh the more ceremonial uh garrison cap that they wear and uh, I showed up last night without my ball cap on, and all of my all my guys from Post Three were giving me a hard time for being out of uniform. <laughs> but I got a little video of it. I'm going to put it up on the uh, W O R D uh, uh, social media, and you can see. But uh, a lot of young people were there, and all of a sudden, this younger generation began to take a different. change change the complexion of the way I view them. And the police cadets, the sheriffs are taking care of them. We have a a bunch of young people now, apparently in Greenville that want to be law enforcement. And they're being trained by pros. And I mean, it was quite the... It was a diverse crew of, of sheriff's deputies that were training them. So, they're in a spot. They're in the best spot they could be unless they were in the military. Which... I would say they're probably in the best spot they could be because being in the military today would be hellish. So in closing, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be back on Tuesday, and uh, I'm going to be spending the next three days, uh, well, the next two days being a house slug, and then uh, I get to be with grand, 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 grandchildren and everything else. So take the time and uh, have a very Merry Christmas. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.